Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. How do you get over the Monday blahs? You don't. But on Tuesdays, you can download a new Rolling Dice and Taking Names. And in this episode, the guys discuss the recent game announcements they are excited about, Plus, Suzanne Sheldon is in the studio for another installment of Chit Chat. So now with Rolling Dice and Taking Names, any day is a good day. Hello and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 85, Golden Years. My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. Tony, I must give you credit. The title of this episode is very epic pro because you kind of mixed in two things into the title. I haven't talked to you about this, but I'm going to assume why you named it this way. One of them, them, one of them, I appreciate the other. I don't, the one that I don't <laughs> is that you and I uh, have a, vac- a vacation. Well, a birthday one week apart from each other. Yes. And I'm assuming you called it golden years because we're approaching the golden years, which I really don't want to talk about. And, and I understand that. And that's what's always amazed me about you from that standpoint is I've always enjoyed the birthday. I've always said, "Hey, I've made it another year," and you've always been the opposite for us. That, oh, I just don't, I just won't get past it, man. And I, why? Why is that? I don't know. You know what I did for my birthday? I uh, family always ask, "Where do you want to go eat?" Vanessa takes me somewhere, and I we went to a. I was craving a hamburger, so we went to those gourmet hamburger places that we had. And then uh, the rest of the day, what I did was I mowed the yard. Uh, Vanessa went and got groceries. She did make a cake. And then we watch some TV. That's my birthday right there. I just want to kind of like, yeah, it's just another day. Move on. Well, that's not true. You also got to um, violate your tobacco clause if your insurance at your company by going to the cigar store that you always get to do. Well, we don't have a tobacco clause, but yes, uh, every year Vanessa will take me out to this nice cigar club and we'll uh, get a cigar and I'll sit outside and have that. And she goes and gets a coffee from a coffee shop right across the street. So it's a nice little tradition. Yeah, that is nice. Other reason I assume is because it was a tribute to David Bowie. He just recently passed away. Oh yeah. And uh, so it, yeah, it was perfect. It was the two pronged attack here, but yeah, go golden years, David Bowie one of my favorite songs and I know you abused me on Twitter when I said uh, Under Pressure Queen is a song but you know I always just the David Bowie made that song him and Freddie Mercury an incredible one of my favorite songs and yeah it was my way of saying hey David Bowie when you and I were growing up constantly on the radio he was and yeah david boy and and freddie mercury wrote that song together it was just on a, on a queen album so no i totally get that that's a wonderful song and it's interesting that i was on a business trip over in england when he passed away mm-hmm. the whole country was just in mourning the radio stations basically played david boy 24 7 well not seven but anyway played it all the day after the day he passed away uh the bbc was doing nothing but covering it the music video stations did nothing but play his videos all day. It was, it reminded me kind of like when Michael Jackson passed away here, how big deal it was, you know, over there, he's a British icon. And it was just interesting seeing how that, how that country handled that and the respect they had for him. So anyway, I think just a great name. And I'm pretty sure we haven't used this name before on another episode. I hope not. If we have, someone will be surely pointing it out. I did not do my market (laughs) research and verify (laughs) I mean, yes. What it was at episode 83 and 77. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so close together. And we use the title twice. Well, 
oh, that's my own fault because I'm sitting there not thinking, you know, oh, we haven't found that. I know, I know we've used love as a battlefield and all that other stuff. And, but no, yeah, I should have, I should have done a better job. Well, it's because we're approaching the golden years that we need to have some better system to make sure we don't forget our song titles. We should probably enter these into like a database so that when we come up with the title, we can search and make sure it hasn't been used before. I completely agree with you. I'll get on that right away. So I'm doing a quick scan of everything just to make sure, but it doesn't matter now. It's golden years. I'm good, <laughs> it's dude. It's golden years. Hey, and at least you got a break from the last episode where it was our Squirrelies, which was just named the Squirrelies 2016. And again, thanks so much for everybody to help make that show we got a lot of positive feedback it was a different award show than other shows but that was the whole purpose it was just us having a lot of fun i know some of it was silly maybe some of it was serious but what a ball doing that oh yeah and a big shout out to my buddy my pal here my co-host for an incredible editing job that was great how you put that together and guys 41 minutes i want to remind you 41 don't get used to it all right. <laughs> no, I'm glad it wasn't any longer than that because a four, that 41 minute show probably took, wow, four or five hours of editing mm-hmm. to get it done. This is a, a, a show that Tony and I have talked about for months. I think you and I first talked about it last maybe October when we came up with the idea and we're kind of, you know, gelling it, putting it together. And uh, we decided to go ahead and take a shot at it. It went really well. And well enough to where we'll probably do it again next year. Hopefully the people that helped us out will, will come back and help us again. And maybe we get some other people to help us out. And Tony, I've even got other ideas that I didn't want to use this year because I didn't want to raise the bar too high because mm-hmm. you got to leave a little room to grow in the future. Yeah. And like I told you, when you pitched this idea to me, idea to me in October, like you pitched doing this podcast, sure, dude, whatever you want to do, I'm right there behind you. So I'm, I'm good to go on that. So, and there was the, what made it so really unique was Donna stepping in for us when one of our presenters couldn't make it to the show that night. That was just, oh, you don't know how long that took me to record. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, you should have sent me the bloopers. I could have stuck them in there. Oh, no, I would have been hurt. It would have been sad. <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate her doing that for me. And Vanessa doing her uh, announcing of all the things. Why didn't she announce us when we came up on stage to take the awards? What, what was that? I, I just kind of left it where only people that were announced were guests coming on. I guess, again, you know what? Hey, this is our first one. You can look back. I can learn and make it even better uh, next time around. Yeah, and it will give me a year to work on the script and the jokes again. <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> instead of instead of two weeks okay <laughs> yeah there was a, there was a lot of uh back and forth uh, conversation between tony and i on on laying out this thing and what was going to be said and everything but i will say this uh just a little behind the scenes thing everybody that sent in segments did their own thing um all we did was say would you be interested in doing this and if so here here is the award you're going to present do with it what you want. And man, everybody did such a great job of coming up with their own little spin and putting their unique personalities into it. And that's what even made the script even easier. So once again, I was lazy. I We took what they gave us, Marty, and we were able to write the script. So once again, thank you guys. We appreciate it. Well, here it is. It's beginning of 2016, Tony. And it seems like every day people are announcing their games that are coming out in 2016 and I've already started creating a list and I don't have the money to buy all these things. Oh, at least you play in a rock band where you have a secondary income. I'm, I'm going to have to go sell a kidney. This is ridiculous. 
it's insane the number of things that, that's been announced. I mean, we have here just a couple that we're going to throw out, but there's way more than we mentioned uh, are getting ready to, to talk about. It's just, it's an exciting time of the year because kind of the, the companies are starting to market and say, hey, guess what stuff we have coming out? And every once in a while, they'll say, you know, we're going to, it's going to release at this uh, convention or that convention, but they're starting to kind of drop little hints here and there. And as we get closer to uh, Gamma, which is coming up in a month or so in Vegas, that's when they really start pumping out the information of the stuff that's going to be coming out the rest of the year. And they're not all things that just jump out at me. I mean, there's some of them here that we're going to be like, eh, that's okay. But hopefully the ones we mentioned here in a couple of um, seconds will say, oh, yeah, that's what we want. But I do want to kick it off, Marty, with Portal's announcement. I know you got online Periscope and watched Ignacy do his English one because I watched it later and saw you sending comments back. You and that other guy in Canada were picking at each other. But... Wow. I mean, just, oh my gosh, 51st state. Oh, that's, that's incredible. So here's the three things that he mentioned in case anybody missed it. It was uh, 51st state, which is a, a reprinting, a, uh, like another edition with some streamlined rules and all the expansions included, uh, which is currently in, in pre-order right now. And to me, I've never played 51st state. Tony, I'm not sure if you have. I know that Imperial Settlers was like a kind of a spiritual successor to it. So I'm really curious to see how this differs from Imperial you know, Settlers in, in the way that you play it. I did read something where Ignacy said it's kind of more brutal. Yeah. It's more of a attacking other people. So, it, you know, if you prefer the Imperial Settlers where there's not a lot of, a lot of interaction, um, then you might want to stick towards Imperial Settlers. But if you want a more in-your-face attack and go after others, then this might be the way to go. And it takes place in the Nurushima Hex universe, which I enjoy. So I really can't wait to see how that plays. Now, Cry Havoc. We got to play that at BGGCon. Yes, we did. And this was one that kind of came out of, of nowhere. He was demoing in this game the entire weekend. And... Was it the last day or was it, I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. It was later in the con where we got to sit down with uh, Rodney and who else sat down with us and played? Matt Evans and Chaz. Yes. Oh, that's right. It was all five of us. I sat down and got to play this game. Now, this was very much a prototype game. So there was, there was not a lot of the nice miniatures uh, that's going to be in the game. During the announcement, Ignacy said, you know, this game is going to kind of fall into the Kemet blood rage kind of genre mm -hmm. field or feel. And he nailed it. That's exactly what it is. It's kind of an area control game. Uh, there's different factions. All the factions play totally different. And as you, as you see the game and it's like the idea is like, you're again, you're trying to take over different areas and take control of the territory, which sounds kind of generic. Tony, what really stuck out to me was the whole combat resolution uh, thing. And thing is that I, it's been so long, I can't remember exactly how it worked, but I remember that during combat, there's like three phases and how you allocate your units on each of the different phases, uh, the combat will resolve differently. Once again, we did a demo, so it'll, I'm sure it will change before final production. So it's a good thing that your golden years have caught up to you, and you've forgotten that, okay? Because <laughs> we'd hate to be giving out some bad information here. But yeah, it was it was area control check. It was a unique combat resolution, different powers for the races, and the cards were playing differently. And uh, it was just – it was one of those things when at BGGCon, when we walked away from the table, we were like, oh, yeah. We're watching that. We're going to be looking for that one. Exactly. It's a card-driven based combat. So it's, there's no dice, kind of like what Blood Rage is, uh, which which I really appreciate. I, I love the combat and Blood Rage. It's kind of, there's no luck of the dice or anything like that. It's how you play your cards. And again, it's the combat resolution uh, that people will want to check out and see how that works. That's what has the different feel to it. But the last announcement, Tony, 
did not see this coming out of anywhere. Yeah. The first Martian. Oh, yeah. Or the first Martians. Are you cueing the heavenly music right behind us right now? Because that's... Uh, what- hold on, hold on, hold on. Done. Okay. That, when, when he said that, I, you know, I'm watching this Saturday morning and I'm like, I sit up in my chair and I go, what, what, whoa, back up the tape here. What did he just say? And I immediately went over to the site, signed up, all that. So I, I don't know nothing about this. And you and Jamie were talking about it on, you know, you were doing the Secret Cabal Express recently, and y'all were talking about it. just what is it that makes you just want that game? There's, I, and I know we're getting all giddy about it, but I don't know why. There's just something about it. Well, there's a couple things. We know how Robinson Crusoe plays, and I like how that plays and how it works. It's a, it's a great game. So I'm picturing something like that, yeah. except a sci-fi theme and the app. I'm really curious to see how the app works, which they kind of teased on how there's like campaign modes and how the app actually drives the story. Mm-hmm. It's the app integration I'm very curious about. And there was a question was, do you have to play with the app? And you do. So again, we're kind of still in this new phase of games where people start to integrate apps into their games. And I'm just really curious to see what Ignacy does with it. Well, let me put it in context in my little feeble brain here. Robinson, no one would play with me because it was brutal. Um, no sunny day at the beaches. XCOM you played, it tore you up. So, and it had an app. So now we're bringing the designer of Robinson Crusoe that just wore you out and XCOM that just wore you out. Doesn't that sound like fun, people? Wow. Now that you put it like that. How about that 51st state? It's looking no, good, no, I'm dude. Kidding. Looking good. I'm kidding. No, it's, it's so those are the three announcements from Portal that we're real excited. And there's a fourth. There's a forthcoming that he's supposed to announce in, in the uh, March time frame. And I reached out to Ignacy and said, hey, when time comes around for that fourth, how about if we have you on to talk about it? He said he would love to. So I have no idea what that fourth one is, but I'm I'm really curious. And he seemed uh, pretty excited about it. So big year for them. But what else we got coming out? Now, there's one, Tony. Just one. Coming out from Matt Leacock that I wondered what you thought about it. That is, he. I don't know if he's is fully designed by him, but he's part of the design team pandemic cthulhu when i first said that and i said well why not buy Eldritchar? all we know is the front cover and the back cover it's got some investigators it's got 24 spawning points which equates to like the deck and pandemic for the the world and or the infection deck and you got all these other cars and seven different types of investigators I'm going to let judgment just sit for a while till I hear more about it. But I'm like, they're going to have to do a lot to change it, especially after the legacy role that we're on right now. Uh, I'll leave it at that. I follow with that. I'm a huge Cthulhu fan. Pandemic is one of those games that I hadn't played for years. It's one of those things I played enough of to where I was kind of done with it. Then legacy came out, which I am playing now. I'm not sure if I've announced that before. I am, I'm starting to play that now. I'm really enjoying it, by the way. But I don't know what you would really change. I mean, something would really have to drastically change as far as the gameplay. Uh, because I almost picture, and this, this can't be right because I'm probably thinking of Arkham Horror too much, of just gates popping up all over the place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then from out of those gates, monsters come out and they spread. 
Now, that's probably too simplistic, and maybe it's not like that, but if that's the case, that really is Eldritch Horror. Right, and I, I, we don't know. We'll see more about it. I think they were just saying, we need to get something out there. So I am curious about that one, just to see. It, it, here's one of the things. If it's a lot different than regular Pandemic, the theme alone may draw me in, but like you, we just have to wait. We're just guessing right now. Yeah. Where are you in Pandemic Legacy? What month? I am getting ready to start April. Because, you know, in the podcast notes, as you look down, you have to be completed. I'm putting it in the podcast notes around September. Hopefully I can. The thing is, though, Adam, my son at college, started playing with us. And he said, you can't continue until you have me there to play with. (gasps) Okay. So we're stuck. And so we're hopefully he comes home this weekend. If he does, we're going to get in a a lot of gaming. So some other exciting things. Uh, talk, Talk about legacy games. What's the one game we talked about? Uh, we played at BGG Con about a year and a half ago. Cue the heavenly music again. Okay, hold on. There you go. Seafall. Yeah. Turned over to Plaid Hat Games. Davio tweeted it out, said it's done. It's out there. Just go ahead, pre-order right now. Gen Con release. Uh, this is a game that is very much have, looks and feels like it's a it's a Euro with your, it's a where you're taking ships and you're going out to islands. And as you discover islands, we don't know what's there until you get there. And that's the legacy part of the game. As you discover islands, you see what type of islands they are, and you mark the map. Now, this was how it was a year and a half ago. It it could totally be different. But it it probably has that same sort of feel that you're going to put stickers on the board to to kind of show what resources there and everything. A lot of fun. The only thing that scares me, Tony, is is with any legacy game, is finding the same group to play with over and over again. Yeah, I mean, we just have to figure out time. We do this so well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, (laughs) Another game, speaking of plaid hat, at Origins Dead of Winter, The Long Night is coming out. And this is a an expansion to the original Dead of Winter, or it's a standalone game. It can be one or both. It's going to do some new characters, some new monsters, some new locations that are double-sided. So we're going to have to kind of see what the new mechanics are. Um, this is from Jonathan Gilmore and Isaac Vega. Uh, we were fortunate when we went to BGG Con. We got to sit at Isaac Vega's computer and look at some of the new characters and items that are coming out. Uh, so I can't wait to see what, what they do with that. That's coming out of Origins. Um, if you're going to Origins, that's probably going to sell out day one. I tweeted that today. If you're going to Gen Con, guaranteed Seafall will sell out. I don't, I'll give them credit. You know, when Ashes came out at last Gen Con, they brought 700 copies that lasted a couple days. Hopefully they'll have that same sort of number again that could last a while, but both those games will be sold out before the cons are over. All right. So here's my thoughts on this Dead of Winter thing. I played it with you twice and I haven't seen it since. My next question was, I thought they were going to do something like Dead of Space next. Where, what happened there? That was in the works. I don't know where it is, but the idea was to take the idea, the, the Dead of Winter mechanic, and take it out into space. I don't know if that's still something that they're working on. I know last year they were actively doing it, but I don't know where it is. I haven't, haven't talked to Isaac about it. So I'm just happy with this expansion, and maybe they're working on that somewhere, but I, I don't know. Well, why are you happy with the expansion? Because, like I said, I mean, is it one that your family still goes to, or has it? Yes, it, it is. Okay. Uh, we, uh, it's not one of the, I got so many games down in the basement and it's not like every week we're playing right. it, but it's one of those we still pull off the shelf. It is one of our more favorite co-op games. Okay. But, but it's got the trader elements. You like, you guys over there at your house like to trade, be a trader with one another. Potentially it has the trader element. Remember it's random. There may not be a trader at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. In fact, the last time we played Vanessa was the trader and she did a great job as the trader. I had no clue. None. 
No, no clue whatsoever. She's good. She is. She go. I'm, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. And then you, you think Rodney puts a knife in your back? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we know how she is on that. I'm not the spy. That's probably why I hated that game so much. Another game that we got, to, uh, got to see at uh, BGG Con was the upcoming Kickstarter from Arcadia Quest, Masmora Dungeons of Arcadia. It's taken in the same universe as Arcadia Quest, but it's like a smaller, scaled-down version of like a dungeon crawl and it's using dice i got to see them uh, play test this for a little bit it looked really interesting and that's gonna be coming out on kickstarter soon so again with cool mini guys you know how it is uh if you're gonna get one of their games you're gonna want the kickstarter vision version because you're gonna get so much good stuff for the price that you're gonna pay for it once again i'm gonna let you buy it because one i when i showed this to donna she was like i just don't have any interest in this and i'm like well, when would i ever play it you know, but you, but I agree with you. You've got to, you got to buy the Kickstarter version, get all the, because I'm hearing people, you go out on eBay and you look for like Blood Rage, the, those expansions, they're, they're ridiculous. It is. And it's one of those things that if you wait until you, it comes out to retail, getting all the extra stuff that comes with it really adds up. If you have any interest in a cool mini or not game, get it. Uh, I cannot wait to get the Inferno because they have the special box that's going to include everything, which is nice because uh, Blood Rage didn't do that. I've got a lot of extra stuff that just won't fit in the box that that came uh, came with it. So I'm glad they're coming out with a uh, the the bigger box for the Kickstarter for Arcadia Quest. So uh, that's going to be coming soon. One that caught us really off guard that Tony and I weren't even looking at, but it kind of caught our eye. Coming from Night Models, Marvel Universe Miniatures. Mm-hmm. Now, Tony, we haven't really gotten to a miniature game since War Machine. We dabbled in that for a while. We really hadn't been interested. But why did this really scratch an itch for me that I might didn't, didn't even realize I need to be scratched? Well, we enjoyed Heroclix. And our first issue with Heroclix is you could have a team of Spider-Mans. I understand parallel universes. I understand wormholes. I understand black holes. Well, Okay, I don't understand any of it, but I know that it can exist so that you can have five Spider-Mans on the table. But if any of them touch, the universe collapse. It's crap like that. <laughs> but the thing that caught my eye about this whole thing, Marty, is, well, first, I love the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Second, you can't do that. You can't have multiple Spider-Mans, Thors, whatever, out there. Or at least that's what they're saying. I want to see more about this. I want to understand now. When I, and I can't, I could not, I spent all freaking day. I didn't accomplish anything at work today trying to figure out where I read this, that it was built on the Mage Knight type system. But I don't think that's right. I don't believe it is. So I'm like, okay, where did I read this? But I do remember them saying, you can't have the same superhero on the same team. Now, maybe you're battling your um, doppelganger, doppelganger over there on the other side. I don't know. What kind of attracted me or maybe interested in it is a very small skirmish game three or four models on the table versus another three or four models on the table. That's a lot different from War Machine where you could have 10 to 15 models on the table. Now, are these paint, do you have to paint or are they coming pre-painted, do or do we not know? I do not know. It's still early. We just saw Marvel Universe. We headed over there, read a bunch of stuff and said, let's just throw it on the podcast so people can be as excited about us we are and know as little as we do. They did release what the character card looks like mm-hmm. today. And it's funny, when I first saw the image of the character th- card, I, it looked like a... I thought, is that on an app or something? 
the uh, the graphic design they use for it's kind of odd, looks kind of dated. But anyway, uh, a couple things I like about it: it's a point allocation system, Tony. You know how we in War Machine we have focus that you can allocate for people to do things. Yeah. That's how this works. So they have the example here of Drax. Basically, he has seven action points that he can take during his turn, and those action points are used for special abilities, for moving, for attacking, etc. So I I like the uh, point uh, the allocation system like that where you have to spend things in order to do things. Oh yeah, I did too. That was easy. Now I just hope that when this does finally hit and we get more information, there is not a what you would say a rule book that rivals any encyclopedia. Yes, I agree. Hopefully it is pretty straightforward. And, I, and you know where these things really get bogged down is when it comes to terrain line of sight. I hope that's all really easy to follow and understand. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's really cool too is they have like a health bar kind of appreciate this uh, in war machine you know on your war jack the more damage you take yeah. it takes damage over time to where it gets hindered same thing here as you start losing health as it start affecting you affecting you where you're not as good like you're not as good as a defense you start losing power etc so i like that as opposed to where you're 100 health okay and then you're dead right and, and there's no like degradation to how much you can do during that that course so i thematically i kind of like that too so again we don't know anything about it they just started teasing it last week but it's just something me being a superhero fan it, it caught my attention kind of like uh, i don't know tony have you heard about guild ball that's been playing a lot of our stores around here where's the uh, miniature sports game yes. kind of like soccer mm-hmm. the, one thing that caught my eye about it it's small it's only three or four to five characters per side if I was ever to do a miniatures game again, I want it to be where it's a small number of units because they're easy to get painted and put to the table. Right. And hopefully less money too. Right. And I know I know we're getting ready to come to the end of this. And there was one thing that caught my eye that just blew me away. And I know you have got a secret war chest waiting for this. The Small World Deluxe Edition. Did you see this thing, Marty? I did not until you sent a link to me. Oh, my. $1,500. What are the pieces made of? Like gold? I don't know, dude. I mean, it's some special chest. I don't care. I'm not trying to be mean to anyone who wants to. If you like Small World <clears throat> and you really love Small World, I, I see where small this type of Small World would be like the investment of a Catan, Catan, whatever, relief map would be. Where you know your actual, sh- you got little miniature sheep running around or something. <laughs> you get wool. I don't know. That just that just floors me that you could put out a deluxe edition for fifteen hundred dollars. That's that blows my mind. You know what? Some people really love Small World. I guess maybe there's some buyers for it out there. Yeah. You know, more power to them. To be honest with you. I wouldn't pay $1,500 for the Puerto Rico. Heck, I wouldn't pay the 250, 300 people asking for it now. Okay, never mind. No, I can't see spending $1,500 on the deluxe person about any game, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I appreciate their love for the game, and I wish them the power. If they can go do that, that is great. And But I just, I could you, could you just see sitting there at, at the um, game board producer saying, you know, guy what, guys, let's produce a $1,500 Small World Edition. Yeah, let's go for it. That's a good idea. Hey, there is somebody at the door. Well, yeah, I mean, we do have a chit chat segment coming up uh, in this show, and uh, I think Suze is kind of ready to come in. She's, you know, on West Coast time, and actually, we stay up late for her. We adjust our schedule for her, so we ought to just make her wait. That ain't going to happen, and we're honored to have her on the show. So, yeah, I guess I guess we need to go let her in. <laughs> 
Well, Marty, I know you love Blood Rage and you love playing it, but like you were stating on the show, it is hard to get all those miniatures in that box and transport them to and from your location. So maybe the Broken Token has got a solution for you in their latest announcement of the Blood Rage insert. Actually, Tony, they do. They've announced the new Blood Rage insert that's going to come out to be able to hold all those goodies. And it's such a great design of being able to hold all the uh, minis in place. So if you like to paint your minis, they won't rub up against each other or anything like that. But Tony, they have one of an insert that was just released that you've probably pretty excited about. Have you seen the Cosmic Encounter insert? Well, you know, when you order that Blood Rage one, why don't you go ahead and get that Cosmic encounter since you have my cosmic counter still in your house yeah cosmic encounter you can put all the expansions in that insert it's all right there you don't have to have all these little boxes floating around you don't have all these pieces going everywhere so yeah the cosmic encounter insert just as nice as the blood rage so you're telling me that i can take every cosmic encounter expansion and put it into the base box that's what the website says so if you buy it you can give it a try sweet Well, it's about freaking time somebody showed back up in the studio, Marty. Oh, am I supposed to respond (laughs) at this point? Yes, it is. Well, due to scheduling conflicts, unfortunately, only the chit of Chit Chat is here tonight. (laughs) Tonight, Chit is being played by Suzanne Sheldon. (laughs) Welcome back to the show, lady. It's great to be back, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm I'm sorry Rhiannon couldn't make it, but... um, and, and and I don't know, after the recording, she might have words for me because I suspect in the world of chit chat, I think she's probably the chit and I'm probably the chat. So I just, I, I don't want to be accused of taking her title. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's, I don't think you'll be accused of anything. And I promise you that the, um, we'll send you a throat guard. You know, those things that dangle in front of a catcher's mitt there. Perfect. Then you'll be well protected. Get a catcher's mitt. Catcher's, catcher's mask. 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 Thank yeah. you. Yes. I appreciate nice. it. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So, anyway, I could just ask you, well, how have you been? Tell everybody. I mean, people haven't heard from you in a while on our side. I mean, I'm sure if they listen to other podcasts, you've been there. Not really. I've I've been on a podcast hiatus. I think people are getting a little sick of me. But it's been a uh, it's been a busy year so far, and it's it's just February, barely February. Go figure. But I've been good and looking forward to 2016, kind of planning out the year in gaming and conventions I get to go to um, and busy doing things for um, Board Game Breakfast and Board Game Blender and all sorts of fun stuff. Speaking of which, you have a brand new segment or you've taken over a segment on Board Game Breakfast. You're now doing the Kickstarters. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. You noticed, huh? (laughs) I did. I did. So it was like... uh, Tom said, you know, I guess we're uh, bringing you in off of uh, apps. I'm going to move you over to the Kickstarter. Actually, you probably still do a little bit of both from what I saw one time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, you know, I think for whatever reason, Nick ended up bowing out of the Kickstarter segment and Tom approached me and said, hey, are you interested in doing this? And um, to be honest, I was because I don't know if this is well known, but I think right now in my Kickstarter backing history, I have 260 plus games. Gosh. That I've backed. And we're not talking, boys, we're not talking backing for a book to support the publisher. We're talking Suzanne has a problem backing games. <laughs> well, my question is, of that 260, how many of them have been delivered? Significantly fewer. Uh, s- some of them are not expected yet, and that's fine. And I would say that certainly the ratio of on-time deliveries in general is pretty poor. 
But I really, in the grand scheme of things, um, from a non-delivery or a really late delivery or bad delivery, I think that that's a relatively low percent overall. So, you know. I think the only person that could possibly rival that is board game connoisseur Keith Collins. Mm. Keith and I might have exchanged words, you know, and, and compared some numbers once in a while. And oh, so, and? And, and I, think, I think Keith has me beat. Let me ask you this. So in taking over that, you have taken over the number one Kickstarter-backed stuff. I mean, it beat video games, and now board games is number one. Do you feel the added pressure? I do. Actually, I think you're kind of teasing me, but it... it no. I agreed to take it on uh, because I'm excited about crowdfunding of games, and it's something I'm kind of deep into naturally anyway, which is a similar reason on to why I, did the board, why I do the board game app segment. A lot more people care about Kickstarter than they do about apps. And I kind of have felt that pressure. So it's been pretty stressful. Right now, at the time of this recording, I've tucked away three segments of it. And um, I'll tell you, I get, I get, you know, a few minutes. And let's say I have a three-minute segment. Like, we're talking, like, it's taken me 10 hours or more to put these things Ooh. together each so far. And that's partly because I'm really bad at it right now and I'll get better and more efficient. But um, I think that's partly also like the stress I feel about it. Well, I got a question, a little behind the scenes thing. How are you picking which games to feature each week? Is is that totally up to you or is Tom helping you uh, with what he would like you to cover? Actually, Marty, I'm really glad you asked that because I think that that's something people are curious about. And I personally am never sure how to like whether I should address it proactively on like a forum or something or just let it go. But so I'm glad you asked. In general, Tom doesn't say boo to me. In fact, the only thing Tom has really said to me is pick what you like. Don't listen to anybody else. Pick what you want to pick. Show off what you want to show off. And I mean, he did say maybe, you know, like, I'll, you know, when Dice Tower comes up, you should mention that or whatever. But, you know, he's really open. And uh, he is one thing Tom is not is a micromanager. So I really appreciate that. So I had to kind of come up with my own criteria. And certainly um, my predecessor on this segment, Nick Minachan, who is a friend of mine and somebody who I really respect and like, um, he and I have very different tastes in games in a lot of ways and different style. And Nick's fans love him because he is gregarious and outgoing and funny and sardonic. And I'm not really any of those. So I knew going into it. I couldn't try to replicate what Nick was doing. I had to just kind of do my own thing. And then I also knew I wanted to come up with my own criteria. So the kind of criteria I'm working on is, do I like the game? Do I think the game offers something unique or uh, compelling or interesting? And then my third criteria is actually one of the biggest influences is, do I think the project owners will deliver the product? And there are a lot of factors that go into whether or not I think that or whether or not I have concerns about that. And then, you know, do I want a feature? Oh, and then another factor is like, when does the when does the project end? So the end date, like when it kind of expires, kind of determines. And then, you know, do I want to show it off? I mean, sometimes there's even games I like, but I'm like, uh, I don't I don't know if it has enough mass appeal or it's already fully funded and whatever. So um, it's maybe a bit of a fickle criteria, but I do actually have criteria. And you're not going, I mean, you have a criteria of what games you like. And how do I say this without being mean? 
You can't. I can't. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where you're going with this, but you just can't say anything without. Being I, but I, I mean, I can understand where your pressure is here, Suzanne, because I mean, well, why about why don't you mention our game? Why don't you mention this game? And I, I wow, I uh, hats off to you, young lady, for doing <laughs> well, this. And you know, it's one of those things that I may not say this a lot, but. I hate to break it to some of the project owners out there. Your games just aren't that good or they're not that interesting. Right now on Kickstarter, there are a ton of Cards Against Humanity clones. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and and Tony, there's a ton of social deduction mini micro games out there. Oh, and, please, quick, give me the names. I gotta go for them. <laughs> gotta go for them. And it's, they're, they're just, they're not interesting. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not offering anything new. They're not, particularly well done and i personally am not a cards against humanity fan but i really respect and appreciate the thought that goes into making that game because that is highlighted by the copycats or the clones and how inferior their product is um and how they think cards against humanity is just a bunch of words on a card and haha you're going to make a million dollars so you know i am being approached by a lot of people now and i if any of those people are listening i will likely not respond to your solicitation to look at your game. But be aware, I look at Kickstarter two times a day right now for new projects. And I look at every project on some level. And um, so trust me, I've seen your project. And there are a million reasons why I may show it off. And there are a million reasons why I may not. I was getting ready to say, you're probably going to start getting a flood of emails from people that are, you know, hey, guess what? My project is getting ready to start. Yep. Would you please look at it? I mean, uh, Tony and I get those, and we're not featuring Kickstarter in any shape or form. So the fact that you have a dedicated weekly segment, oh, I can't imagine the emails you're going to start getting now. Yeah, and, and I, it's already started. Nick even warned me. He's like, hey, just heads up. You're going to get a lot of this. And I'm like, and he was right. And um I just I typically just ignore them um, because I mean I get them from strangers, but I also get them from friends because I've I've managed to build a lot of really cool friendships in the community, and um, I even ignore those. So I try to ignore equally, <laughs> I guess, just to keep it fair. No, I understand that. I mean, when I I hadn't looked at Kickstarter, and I'm and I don't even do the segment, and I look at it once a day, not twice like you, and I sort through it, see where the fundings are, just to be amazed at some of the things that are going on, like Tiny Epic Western. Oh my gosh. That's, I, I would have never thought that. And, and all these other things that are going out there, that's just unreal. I mean, and to Marty's point, we got approached by one that um, you'll be seeing probably, and that's Escape Room in a Box. Yeah, I've been hearing about that. And we got to play it, and um, we got the demo, and when we played it with the guys, you know how I felt when we were actually in an escape room, right? <laughs> yes, I remember it viscerally. The, the only person that did not have fun. I had say fun. That. I was a social. Oh, you couldn't tell it by the look on your face after we were done. Holy cow. I was like, can we go home? I'm like, jeez. Well, that was, I was wondering if we were going to get home because the Uber cars were nowhere to be found. <laughs> But that's a that's a story on a previous episode. It's, but no, I mean, you know, it's it was kind of like one of those things where I'm sitting there thinking, and Marty and I are playing, and I'm like, okay, this is interesting. You know, they they've got these puzzles in the box, and they're and they're it's up to you now to set the party. That's unique. That's kind of different. You know, so I understand you you're having to go through that kind of stuff to figure out what people may need to be brought to their attention. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is maybe this is probably going to lose me a lot of friends, but I'm, I've been thinking a lot about it as I've been crafting the segment. And I realized I am not doing the Kickstarter segment 
to highlight and promote small game publishers to help them along to reach their dream of publishing a game. I am not doing this segment for that reason. And I know that that seems counter to crowdfunding's purpose, you know, is to help people achieve their dreams. But I think that in the gaming industry, it's well acknowledged at this point that crowdfunding has grown and progressed and evolved to a place that is much more pre-order-like and much less about um, small game publishers or individuals reaching their game publishing dream. Now, that's not to say it's not a wonderful platform to help small publishers finance a game that they may not otherwise be able to publish. But I find that those small publishers who are serious about it and thoughtful about it have a much different campaign than those people that are just trying to capitalize on a growing hobby. Um, for example, um, I and I feel bad because I can't remember the name of their publishing company at the time, but... Um, Grant Roderick and Josh Bruegel uh, did Hocus recently. And that is an example of a very small publishing company running an excellent campaign and well-deserving. And it's a wonderful use of the platform. But then you also get people like Gamelin Games running Tiny Epic Western. And quite frankly, I, I highlighted that game in a segment and I got backlash. People are saying, why are you highlighting the people that don't need support? Why are you highlighting people that are well-established? And my response, although I haven't said this directly to them, but my response to the air is I am doing the segment to try to highlight games that I think are interesting and compelling that I think will deliver for the fans of the game. So I'm trying to craft a segment that gives information to the people who are backers that's helpful to them um, as opposed to highlighting information that's helpful for the publisher, if that makes sense. It totally does. And, and in fact, you're, it's like you're doing the segment for us because I mean, let's, let's be honest, probably most of the gamers are probably more interested in, in the bigger projects and in the bigger companies. Cause that's who we're familiar with. Uh, you know, Tony mentioned tiny Epic Western. I think everybody knows about the tiny Epic series, so I think most people be interested in the tiny epic Western. And unless one of the smaller guys had something that's really interesting and unique, we're probably going to look more at the, the cool mini or not Kickstarters and, and, and those. So as a gamer, I'm probably more interested in those than <laughs> sounds awful than, than the smaller guys that you're talking about, just because I just don't know a, a lot about them. And again, if they have something unique, then Suze, all the pressure is on you to present that to me to know that I'm interested in it, should be interested in it. Absolutely. And I take that responsibility fairly seriously. And and to be clear, I am happy to highlight smaller publishers. But if, if I kind of walk through some of my criteria for picking that number three criteria of do I think that this project will be delivered with relatively low stress and ease comes up with a lot of small publishers. So there may be a game that's like, oh, that's kind of cute. Oh, look, it's a really, you know, it's a fun two-player card battling game with some interesting art. Oh, that might be fun. And some people might be interested in it. But then I'm looking at like, I go down to the risk section of the Kickstarter page. We anticipate no risks with this game. I, You know what? You lose me. You, I, I will not feature your product because I have lost confidence in your ability to deliver that. It's not that you can't deliver it, but I think that there's going to be stress. I think it's going to be painful for the backers or it's going to be late or whatever because you haven't shown me that you understand how the publishing process works. So I'm not going to highlight you because I personally have that concern about you. But I absolutely do want to highlight small publishers and smaller games Um I just encourage those game companies to take it seriously, to do their research, to understand what a good Kickstarter, what information a good 
you know, crowdfunding page provides and to work towards that. I think you're approaching it correctly because when you do this out on the, for the board game breakfast, I'm looking for the ones that may have slipped my radar that I feel like, Hey, you've got to be confident in and delivering. I'm, and that's where it is. And I, I agree with you. I mean, how many games of Pong do you need? Tabletop <laughs> Pong. I mean, my gosh, I'm going through here. I think there's three listed. I can get red cups. I can get solo cups myself and I can make up this game as well. Yep. So anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of drinking games out there right now. I'm like, just drink. So I have a question. Will you consider doing uh, featuring stuff that's not necessarily a game? I know a lot of people are coming out with unique gaming accessories and seems things like that. Are you just going to focus on games? Like I love it when people come out with unique card holders or you know the little things that were really cool i don't know if everybody's seen this Sue's came up with this little uh and i, I can't think of what you call it it's the little felt mat oh the token trays that i made yeah little token tray mm-hmm. really cute little things like that i think that would be useful to many gamers or is it just strictly going to be just games yeah a great question um i absolutely will highlight uh, game accessories 100 percent but they have to be primarily board game centric. So there right. is in the t- quote unquote tabletop gaming category, there's a lot of RPGs and a lot of tabletop miniature uh, games and accessories and books. And um, I've decided that I think board the board game breakfast audience and the audience that Tom has built isn't centered around that. It's not that they people do I play RPGs, you know, it's not that people don't do it, but I think that the core needs to stay around board gaming, but like dice or dice towers or, um, you know, the special rulers for, you know, Armada or whatever, like, yeah, that, that stuff is super fun. And, um, if I see a project that's particularly compelling, I will absolutely highlight it. Very cool. Yeah. Now I do want to ask you this, changing the um, direction of this boat a little bit, iOS type thing. Have you done baseball 2045 yet? My segment on baseball highlights 2045 just aired on February 1st. So oh, just see, a little I bit. I haven't watched this week. Okay. What'd you think? I'm cutting to the chase. I'm going to the source. All right. What did I think? I think it is a really great start to an app. And I Ooh. love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's such a politically correct way to put that. <laughs> what? It's an, I'm being very honest. I think it is a great start to the app. I really enjoyed the game. I thought that they made some smart choices. It, but it, it doesn't have any online play, which is a bummer, right? Because it's, you you know, it's more fun to play against friends. Although the pass and play works and that's cool because like it totally is kind of the thing like if you're waiting for dinner, you know, it's kind of fun to pass your iPad back and forth and, you know, play some games together. And it doesn't have the expansions or all the game modes that come in the rule book implemented yet, which I think like customizing your teams and things like that and picking what expansions you want. I think that's part of the fun. I think that once they add online play, or hopefully they'll add online play, and hopefully they'll add on the expansions, then it'll be aces. My personally, and I said this in my segment, but I'll just re-emphasize, you know how like one of the fun things about the game is there's a lot of back and forth between players. Here are my hits, here's my defense, here's my runners, here's my pickoff, that kind of thing. There's a lot of back and forth in real life, right? Well, the way they choose to do that on the screen is you the the iPad or the screen swishes up and down between player boards 
like, okay, so when I th- put my card down, it's on my player board, and then it swishes up to show my opponent's board to show what they play in defense and whether or not their hits took and things like that. And the screen is sliding up and down so much, I get a little motion sick sometimes watching it. <laughs> like, it, there's so much motion, I'm like, oh. So it needs the warning at the beginning, uh, might induce seizures. Seriously, because you guys, I have a tender tummy, you know? Oh, I understand. So, so what I'm hearing is, Marty, we have a new ranking here. It's called the, um, it's an app. <laughs> no, it is a good app. It is a good app. Oh, Absolutely. okay. It's a good app. It's yes. a good it's app. A good app. It's, a good, it's a good app to get if it goes on sale. Understand. Okay. I'm clarifying. Have you played it yet? Have you played the app yet? Obviously not. So oh, I didn't I, know. No, no. What I would, when I found out that it was not multiplayer, that Marty couldn't buy it and then, you know, pimp it out to me to go buy and then stop playing a week later. <laughs> I wasn't about to, I knew I was going to be clear of it. When's the last time I've done that to you? Um, not no, thank you. Not star realms, which has ended basically. Oh my gosh. How we played tons of star realms. I know. And I lost tons of times, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not. And Suzanne, Oh, miss world record holder there. What level what? did you end up? Uh, the highest level I've reached was level 13, but I'm back down to level 11 right now. So, you're still playing? I, I play five to eight games every day. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, 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 hats off. Yeah. It's it's deleted. Man, that's okay. Oh, crushing. I, I, what can I say? You know, that's that's fun. But so so this leads me to my next question. It's like we're doing an interview with you, but that's yeah, what weird. we get. I know. I'm sorry. But it's we just haven't talked in a while. So and Marty and I have talked about are we beginning to get board game overwhelmed? Can you clarify that question? Okay. To me is, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Tons of stuff is coming out. Is it getting to the point now with, you know, this, this um, I don't want to say the hobby we're in, but this enjoyment, this entertainment that we're taking part in, is it becoming so overwhelming to us that we're just inundated with news constantly. We're inundated with the choices that we're making and trying to get these new games to the table. And if, do we ever want to just sit back and say, Oh man, it just, let's just sit back. Oh, conventions are coming. We had to get Gen Con hotels. We had to get origins. Oh my God. Am I getting overwhelmed? That's what I mean. Well, it sounds like, are you feeling that way, Tony? Cause I mean, the way you describe it, it kind of sounds like maybe for you, the answer might be yes or Am I misreading you? Uh, you're misreading me because I never get to play games. And uh, because <laughs> because there's only one game I play, Pandemic Legacy. <laughs> you get to do your euchre night. Hey, euchre's a great... I, oh, man, I had such a bad euchre Okay, night. yeah, move on. Don't, don't, don't. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, yeah, I know, but that was an awful... But no, I mean, I'm not overwhelmed, but it just seems like we're being inundated with it constantly now. Well, here, I'll, I'll tell you flat out, Yes. Uh, and our prime example. So for my birthday, uh, Vanessa said, hey, we'll play any game you want to play. You, you name it. And I was I was stuck. I went down and looked at the shelf and I was looking. It's like, wow, there's there's a lot of stuff I really wouldn't mind playing. And I, I couldn't come up with one. And so when you ask the, the question, Tony, am I overwhelmed? I guess I'm overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that's coming out that I want to play and I probably just don't have time to do it to where I thought if every board game publisher tomorrow was to say, you know what, we're not going to produce any new board games for the next year, I would be 100% okay with it. 
because I would almost be able to breathe and go, all right, sweet. Here's these 15 games I've been really wanting to go back and touch and play again. And now I feel like I can do it without necessarily feeling like, ooh, I want to go chase this new thing that just came out. Ooh, I want to go try this new thing. It'll let me kind of step back and soak in what's already out because there's so many great things that are out that I just haven't played enough. And it's just because I just don't have the time or Tony, you and I are constantly trying to, to play a lot of the new stuff so we have something fresh to talk about on, on the show and, and try to keep up with all the news and everything. So, like I said, if every board game publisher was to say, we're not going to do anything for a year, I would be 100% okay with it. Marty, like when you talk about um, if they didn't come out with anything new, you'd absorb. But like, there's games that you want to dive into more and explore. But aren't there a lot of games out already that you haven't even gotten to touch Okay. Oh yeah. Great, great point. So that meant yes, fantastic. That was the other point of this. That means I could go back and visit games that I never even got a chance to play. Well, you know, it's funny because it seems like you and I might feel the same way, but kind of net out in a different space because you, quite frankly, sir, get way more gaming time in than I do um, because your family games and you've got this other guy out there that plays games with you. E two. Susan. <laughs> it's a thing. You, you, just, it, you might as well just get it tattooed somewhere, Coney. It's it's going to stick. We should get t-shirts. They, oh, yes. T-shirts. We could do that. Yes. Okay. Squirrel. But um, but uh, I get even less gaming time. But I guess to your point, if game publishers said, hey, you know what? Essen Gen Con this year, canceled. We're good. I would probably be okay with that too because I'm fortunate enough that I have a very sizable game collection myself and a wonderful gaming community in my area that you know I could pull on but I don't feel overwhelmed because I feel like the hobby is evolving and growing in interesting and compelling ways um for and and maybe it's just compelling to me and maybe my brain's a little weird but for example um on the day we're recording uh, one of the announcements from z-man games is that they are publishing caravan which is emerson matsuchi's new game i was lucky enough- so excited i know me too um uh, tony that was the other game we should have mentioned at the beginning another game i was excited about caravan okay i got to play it at bgg con play the prototype and i personally i loved it and um it just clicked for me and it they had no theme on it. It was literally like Emerson would even joke, this is Cube Pusher the game, right? Because you literally just had these mock-up cards with cubes. And now Z-Man announced today that um, they are going to do this publishing experiment where they have, they, it's the exact same game mechanically, but two completely different aesthetics and themes. So there's one that's more traditional Euro, let's say, called like a spice caravan theme. And the cover is beautiful with this caravan of camels going out in the desert. And it's got this spice trading theme. Cool. But they're also at the same time going to release it in a kind of fantasy theme with a golem like it's it's called I golem i can't remember the full name golem something um but it, it has a slightly different aesthetic but the art is beautiful and it's got this fantasy golem creature on the front and again and it's not just that the covers are different like abyss did right abyss did different covers but it was the same everything inside the box they're like all the cards all the board everything thematically is going to adhere to two different themes to me that's exciting and cool and i'm fascinated by that so while yeah i could survive if gaming took a break on new releases i don't feel overwhelmed because i feel a lot of 
excitement, I guess. That's the only thing I would miss is that it's the excitement of sitting there and all of a sudden a tweet comes up and you're going, I didn't know anything about that. That is so cool. And then you start chit chatting on, you know, Twitter and social media and just talking to people about the the latest games and stuff that's coming out. I enjoyed that excitement and getting the news and talking about that. That's always fun. That part I would miss if, you know, publishers took a year off. But I just think when I'm sitting down at the table getting ready to play a game, I just think there's so many games I haven't played enough of or hadn't even explored that I could take a year to try to catch up. Fair enough. So, you know, maybe I don't feel overwhelmed per se, although I would certainly love more gaming time and I would love to dig into the games I have more deeply. But for maybe some of your listeners out there that may be feeling that you know, that weight that you're talking about. What are some ideas that you guys have on how to manage that? Don't you turn this on us. No, this is not, that's not how this show works. We don't turn <laughs> it around. No, but what don't I will... make us think. But what I will do is we will be posting on the Guild page, you know, a, oh, good gosh, a poll. Jeez, a poll about, you know, are you feeling overwhelmed, Jess, or no? And I'm just kind of curious what our various listeners are going to have to say about that. I mean, but to answer your question, what what would you suggest? Well, I, you try not to get caught up in the cult of the new, because that's that's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, you're constantly, you know, the thing about Kickstarter, people get so excited because it's like this game. Oh, this is so great, and I can't wait to play it. And then you, and then you do the I'm going to pledge it, and then you forget about it mm-hmm. to to the point to where I have, and then and then it comes in. And you're like, oh yeah, I forgot I even had that, and. It's that reason that I have really backed off what I am backing Mm -hmm. because I would uh, back a Kickstarter and maybe if I got lucky and it came in within the next year, by the time it got to me, I was like, oh yeah, but I really missed this over here that I just got that I really want to try more. I had already kind of like, eh. It's almost like buyer's remorse. Mm. And some some things aren't like that. Like when, when Blood Rage came in, I was really excited about that. But there was another game I got into last year. Totally forgot. I got, I didn't even take the shrink wrap off, shrink wrap off of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like one of those things. It's like, yeah, okay, well. But it just so happens I got this other new game that I want to take the shrink wrap off of and, and play it. So I guess if you're like trying to fight that, you know, be overwhelmed, I think avoiding Kickstarters is one good way. Are you trying to put me out of a segment? Come on, man. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) But no, I mean, but think about every week you're presenting all these games like, geez, there's even more stuff that I want to play now. And you're doing the filtering for us, you know, presenting us stuff that we may really be interested in. And there's tons of stuff that we aren't even seeing. I'm the worst. Okay, and on my side of it, the, the answer is quite simple because you heard it in the squirrelies. Donna controls the checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> You're, as, as always, she is your saving grace, Tony. That's it. There it is right there. <laughs> it's done. I mean, it's good. It's solid. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm coughing and stuff because it's true. Oh. And it's a good thing, too, because, yeah, it's a shiny object. Oh, my gosh. Let me go see that. Oh, look, there's a nut over there. Oh, look, there's another nut over there. How much can I squirrel away? Oh, good God. I mean, I've got this. I was just looking the other day at um, uh, what game do Marty and I need to get in here that we need to review? Oh, do I really want to review? this one or do we want to review this one i'm yeah i'm with you mark it's don't avoid the cult of the new step away from lcgs do yourself a favor 
Oh man, this <laughs> LCGs ain't bad though. No, they're not. If you if you've already got the base game, that's actually that's actually one of those things that uh, is if you're just sticking with one game, that's not one bad type of game to, to stick with. I got stuff from BGG Con from the flea market. I haven't played yet. Suzanne probably still has her palette wrapped in shrink wrap from FedEx. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, <laughs> are we overwhelmed? Maybe with the choices. Maybe, oh, yeah. Maybe so much, but are we overwhelmed with our gaming time? No, I think all three of us can agree. No, there's not enough. Yeah, no, I totally agree. When we talk overwhelmed, we're not talking about we're overwhelmed with playing games. I think we're just overwhelmed with the choices. Personally, I'm overwhelmed with the choices. And and I think that that's an excellent point. It's interesting because now that you've said that, two, thi- two things are kind of s- s- swirling around each other in my head. You said earlier, like, one of the ways you can mitigate that is a Try not to be part of the cult of the new, which I definitely am. I am an acolyte in the cult of the new, right? But then, like you just said, you're overwhelmed by the choices. And I think that it's interesting how those complement or contradict each other as 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 a podcast, right? Because in some ways, you guys kind of fuel the cult of the new, right? Because you guys get excited about these games and you talk about them and you talk them up and then you make them sound so cool and so much fun. But, but... The counterpoint to that is you guys are also helping filter, right? And so you, you know, like, I trust you guys. I love listening to your show and hearing your opinions because I go, oh, yeah, you know what? They really like it, but the way they mentioned this thing, eh, it's not my, I don't think I'm going to do that. Or, oh, gosh, Tony and Marty are really talking this up. It sounds like so much fun. I'm going to put some energy there as opposed to, like, spending my time combing through forums or looking at, you know, new release lists and things like that. So it's interesting how, like, on one hand, media or content can kind of fuel the cult of the new, but on the other hand, it also helps filter it and make it more um, consumable. It's an interesting dichotomy to me. I would like to make an editorial note here to the rest of the people listening to this. Please don't rely on Tony on I where you're going to spend your money because I don't want to be responsible for you getting a game you don't like. <laughs> I, I'm going to save you people some time. Don't buy a social deduction game. They all suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, and I mean, it's not that you may recommend that they, I mean, to me, it's not an issue of listening to you guys and worrying, oh, geez, you know, Tony and Marty love this game. Oh, I don't like this game. Uh, the problem I have with you guys, or <clears throat> one half of you guys, what? is... Um, Where's this going? You know, maybe I have a friend on a show called Rolling Dice and Taking Names that says, Hey, this Warhammer this Warhammer 40k Conquest LCG is awesome. It's so much fun. And I think, gee, that sounds really good. But I don't know how to play it. And I say that out loud. And maybe a friend on this show says... I would teach you how to play that, Suzanne. Let's play it at this convention. And I go, great. And then that never happens. And then online after that convention, I say, hey, you never taught me that. And then maybe somebody says, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Let's let's try the next convention. I go, great. And then we go to that convention. And then I don't get taught that game again. Hmm. Hmm. Tony, that's that's cruel. I know it is. <laughs> How did you do that? You know, and I... You got me Warhammer Conquest. You taught it to me, and I've yet to bring it back out because, eh. Oh, you didn't even buy it. I know. You bought it for me. Thank you so much. And so, <laughs> Yeah, so I apologize. <laughs> okay, let me ask you. As a side note, have you ever learned how to play? No. All right. I am sna- saying this right now. Sometime, somehow, we'll, we'll, we'll Skype it. I don't know if it's on. We'll find some way, and, and I will teach it. I promise. Mm-hmm. I bet I'll teach you before he will. Yeah, right? <laughs> 
enough of this work talk. Let's have some. Okay. Let's have some fun. Oh, okay. We we're having fun. Yeah. Now we're gonna have now fun. We're gonna have fun. Oh, this is the fun this part. The fun Sweet. Part. So as always, um, Matt from the Guild, um, we appreciate all of his comments. He will send me things for chit-chat just because he likes to hear our thoughts on this. So Matt sent me a note and said, I tell you what, find out from Suzanne and Rhea, and unfortunately she can't be here because some of her answers would be hilarious to this probably. If board games were meals, what would be, and when I say meals, not the it's just times when you eat, if you were to do a white tablecloth game, what would be that white tablecloth game for you? Where you have to sit down and take the time, the planning, the reservations. You're going to sit there for three to four hours enjoying the company of the people around you and enjoy that meal. What game would that be for you, Marty? This one was absolutely no-brainer for me because, and my family and I would all agree, it's Eldritch Horror. Uh, that's a game that all of us really enjoy playing, but we really only get to play it a couple times a year. Just like the big, uh, the white tablecloth that we pull out for Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's the same thing with this game. There's a lot to setting up this game and kind of relearning how to play it, and it's a time commitment because it will be three to four hours. It's one we immensely enjoy. We really look forward to doing it, but it's just it's just such a beast we can only get to to get to it to the table just a couple of times. Okay, Suzanne. Oh God! Oh, so I was kind of hoping. <laughs> okay, I'll help you out. Keep thinking. For me, Marty, it's um, Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms. Not Forgotten Realms. The RPG. No, not Forgotten Realms. What? I just spaced that. I completely brain fart. Forbidden Stars. Forbidden Stars. Oh my gosh. I don't know why. I'm sitting here looking at stuff and it's Forbidden Stars. Thank you. Yes. So yeah, Forbidden Stars. That's the game for me. I would like to spend more time with that. I always feel rushed when I'm playing that game. I just like to get that out on the table, spend some more time on strategy. I think there's more to that and I want to explore that game more and I want to enjoy, you know, consuming that one in and talking about the moves and the trash talking that we would do with one another. So I'm with you there. If I had to pick a second one uh, right now, that would be it too. Such a great game. But I actually got that to the table even more than Elder Char last year. So. Mm-hmm. Suzanne, now we're back to you. Now you have to come up with an answer. Okay. Well, this was a tough one for me because... I, there's not many of those epic long games that I really love. And my tastes definitely veer towards the more dry, soulless Euro side of the gaming, which, side note, I don't believe in soulless Euros. I love them dearly. But um, thinking about kind of these epic, epic, longer table hog kind of games, one that I really enjoy is Duel of Ages. That one... I that's maybe a once a year game for me. So when I think about a game that I have to, first of all, my normal gaming crowd doesn't like it. So I have to set aside time and find the people that do like playing Duel of Ages and make sure I grab time with them. And then we have to have the same time together and make sure we can be in the same place and that we, you know, pick the modules we want and lay it all out. And, um, but it's really rewarding because there's so much theme and story and, different characters and combos that are really fun to explore that cause a lot of laughter. So that's, that's definitely maybe thematically doesn't match the white tablecloth theme, but is definitely would kind of fit that definition. All right. So the next meal is that Sunday dinner where the family all shows up. It's an enjoyable meal, but it's not a long drawn out event. It's just something you do weekly. It's, it's a comfort food, comfort dinner. So Suzanne, can you start this one out? 
for me, I, th- I thought about this a lot. And this was a tough one because I could see so many games fitting in there. Whereas like the white linen meal, I was like, oh, what would I pick? But in this one, it's there's so many great options. So I ended up thinking Fields of Arla. I love this game. It is so well balanced. It's Fields of Arla is a Rosenberg game, two player only. But I find that two player limitation allowed him to create this beautifully balanced, intriguing sandbox game. So there are tons I get in there and, you know, there's every game is a little bit different and I feel like I get to explore different strategies and different tactics, but it's always rewarding. It's always entertaining. It's always comforting to go back to it. And I, I love that game and I, I haven't tired of it yet. For this game, it's one of those where my friends help dictate this game for me because every time Tony, you and I get our friends together, we get Cecil and Ed over here. What's the one game that's like, guys, what do you want to play? And it's like, oh, I really enjoy Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. That's a game that... This seems like we just never get tired of. Everybody understands how to play it. Uh, my friends really enjoy it. It's like it's like that dessert that Vanessa always makes, a little chocolate eclair yeah. thing that, that that people up. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of that sort of thing where they could just play that. And they could eat that every time they're over here. Well, they could play Puerto Rico every time. So for me and I, my group, Puerto Rico. As a side note, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but did you guys see that Meeple Source has designed wood boats for Puerto Rico? <gasps> I need a link. I'm buying it. I already it. have it pulled up. It's on Kickstarter. It's on Kickstarter. If you look at their latest update, they announced they've designed... You guys, they're gorgeous. Each boat is unique, and they have different designs painted on them. And they've got the little spaces for your different goods to ship. Mm-hmm. And they've also created custom wood goods for a Puerto Rico package as well. But... um so if you don't have that deluxe Puerto Rico, you might want to look at what Meeple Source has right now. You guys, I'm not even, I appreciate that you love Puerto Rico. It's not even my favorite game, but those boats are so beautiful. Okay, side notes. Squirrel! So one of the things I was going to try to make for Marty was with my woodworking were these wood boats to put his Puerto Rico in. I kept tearing up the wood and I'm trying to do this. This would be a lot easier. Wouldn't it? <laughs> and it seems like it was somebody's uh, birthday recently, so... Yeah, well, he can buy it for from me, and I'll buy mine for him. That's how we used to do our birthdays. We we did. <laughs> you guys are cute. We did that for Christmases too, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we would. Uh, it was like we just bought ourselves something, and we just like Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it worked out well for us, and we could always, you know, say, "Well, I bought Marty a present." Oh, okay, that'll work. So anyway, back to okay, unsquirreled. So. I think for me, it, Marty, I, I, oh, I hate to repeat, but yeah, Puerto Rico. That's, uh, I love pulling that game out. I love playing that game. It's, it's just everybody, it's quick to teach, easy to learn. I was sitting between that and roll with the galaxy, but I said, you know, no, I, if, if, roll for the galaxy, yeah, roll, I'm just screwing everything up tonight. You are. <laughs> so what's the next question? <laughs> just, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Thank you. He I'm done. leaving. He's over here just staring off in space. He's out. He's thinking about this Puerto Rico boat still. Yeah, I am. She has, she has completely, I have lost all train of thought here. It's gone. It's completely <laughs> gone. So anyway, what's the last one? The dining dash, the one that you can quickly play and, and get to it and get out that you enjoy playing it. And if someone says, hey, let's go grab something quick to eat. And sit down and get away. What's it going to be? And for me, I've, I have fallen in love with Patchwork. Love that game. Even though I can't play it worth a darn. <laughs> that's why I love playing that game. Because someday I will beat someone at that game. I don't know who, 
but one day I finally got positive points. My next step is to actually win the game. So I really <laughs> enjoy patchwork. This was uh, one of those uh, where uh, Suze was really stuck with the uh, the previous one, the Sunday dinner where she had too many to choose from. That's me. And I think the reason why is because when I've got to dine and dash, what I do is I go to the pantry and I open. It's like, oh, what we got in here? What we got in here? It's like, well, I could make uh, some ramen noodles. I could make some soup. Maybe a, maybe a cheese sandwich. Maybe a liver mush sandwich. I don't, I don't know. It's, I just pull whatever's from the. Uh, I, yeah, I purposely threw out liver mush because people probably don't know what that uh, is. It's, it's up there with uh, <laughs> possum in a can. <laughs> I think we made Sue sick. She's she's her gag reflex is going off over here. That little upset tummy thing's hitting her. <laughs> or I open the fridge and I'm just like, okay, what's in here? I can eat and 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 uh, go real quick. Same thing. There's a a section on my shelves that has those types of games in them, whether it be the quick party games like Spyfall or Codenames, or maybe it's uh, Star Realms, uh, the, the card game, or maybe it's Red 7. It's just one of the things, oh, what do we want to do? I'll just pull it out and then we'll play it. So I really don't have one go-to game. I have a whole collection of them and just kind of whatever fits the mood, that's what I'll pull out and play at that time. Suzanne. Uh, similarly, this is an area I love my Euros, but I also love my quick pickup games. And so this was a tough one. I definitely could have lent, uh, leaned towards something that I think Rhiannon would appreciate, like a Six Nymphed, um, which is such an excellent um, card game. But I actually decided on Tony's holding up the he literally had Six Nymphed in front of him. That's hilarious. Um, I actually decided on something I'm kind of calling roll and write games. So I'm cheating because there's multiple games I've in this. But these little, I'm totally in love with these little dice games um, where you roll dice and you write numbers or you mark off on a score sheet like mm-hmm. Quix and oh, Quinto good game. Mm-hmm. and Rolling America. I just love these silly games so much. They're totally engaging. They're super fast. They're easy to play. They play great with a wide number of people. They play great with a wide player count of people. So for my Dine and Dash, probably if I had to pick just one, it would be Quinto. I'll have to look that one up because, yeah, I've been playing quick. I thought my wife would love Rolling America. She hated it. Mm. She's like, it's so stressful to play that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, why? She goes, because... You think you've got a plan, and then suddenly it goes out. And I'm like, well, that's the game. But, you know, not like Sudoku where you can solve the puzzle. So, yeah, I'm, I'll have to look that one up from you. Well, that's it, guys. That is all the questions we have for dinner, unless you want to add a dessert. I'm stuck. Did, Tony, did you do your Dine and Dash? Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Patchwork. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. You okay, so I can't get games right, and y'all have already forgotten <laughs> about me. Okay. Well, Tony, you know, the Patchwork app uh, for iOS and Android is releasing at the end of February. Mm-hmm. And I got a sneak peek at it, and it's really well done, and they're going to have online play. So you and I can play – if you pick up the app, you and I can play against each other across the country. Oh, sweet. So kind of like our Star Realms matches where I was 2 and 400. Yep. Um, it'll be – okay, I, I might be able to pull that off. Sounds like good to that. me. I'm enjoying that. Okay, I'm good. We'll, we'll do that. So I'll just have to go find me some um, gift card for the app. I, I'm doing that. I'm. Uh, it's bought. Done. Excellent. Suze, as always, it's been wonderful having you on the show. It's always a pleasure for you to get to come on. We're so excited to see you with your new segment over on Board Game Breakfast with the uh, with the Kickstarters. Hopefully, you don't make me spend too much money. <laughs> Uh, maybe I should just skip your segment altogether. I think that's kidding. a good idea. No, 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 no. Uh, you, I thank you for what you're doing. Um, it's, it's really interesting to hear the amount of hours that you're putting into this behind those three minutes. And I don't think people really can understand how much work it goes into that. So really, we really appreciate you doing that. And if people 
want to find and converse with you about either the Kickstarter segment or anything else, how can they do so? The best place to find me is on Twitter. I'm at 425Suzanne, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E. And I love talking about board games there. I just always tell people don't follow me because I tweet a lot. So I'll fill up your timeline if you follow me. But you can also find me on Board Game Geek. I am, my username there is Gibbous, G-I-B-B-O-U-S, which is a phase of the moon, not a tropical monkey. Just don't get those confused. So Gibbous, not Gibbon on Board Game Geek. Oh, it's Gibbon. That's right. That's like, wait a minute. I've heard of something like exactly. that. Exactly. But thank you so much for having me. I, I you know, um, you know, hugs, hugs out to Rhiannon who um, couldn't make it. I'm sorry. It's, it's not the same without her. But um, thank you for having me on. And thanks for giving me a chance to talk a little bit about that segment. It's been interesting. I've been seeing some feedback on it. And it's interesting. It, it's nice to have a chance to kind of... Uh, give the behind the scenes story. So thanks for giving me that opportunity. Well, uh, of course. And hey, how about this? How about if like over the next couple of weeks, uh, we plan and I teach you how to play that Warhammer quest, uh, Warhammer uh, conquest. Game. I think I, I have been ready for a year. So you name it, buddy. Done. <laughs> Tony, we talked about all those great games coming out for portal. Well, one of them is already for pre-order and that's 51st state. I don't know if you've seen this, but he's running this almost kind of like a Kickstarter where the pre-order version is like an upgraded version that's going to be over what you get at retail. No, I have not seen that. I, you know, the .pl site, I have not gone out there to take a look at this yet because I'm still trying to recover from all those other great announcements he made. I didn't realize he had a pre-order out there. The pre-order is already up and he has stretch goals. The more that's pre-ordered, you get some like bonus things like some stories and some uh, information about the game and additional factions if enough are pre-ordered. So if anyone is interested, go out to Portal site and you can go ahead and pre-order 51st State today and be the first person to get it before it even hits distribution. All right, Marty. Well, then Suzanne's left. Let me just say, that lady puts in a ton of work. I mean, for you and I, it's easy. All we got to do is sit down in front of our mics, record, we're done. What, 19 hours to put together a Kickstarter? Wow. That's, that's unreal, man. Uh, well, you sit down and record and you're done. Then I have to do all the other stuff afterwards. Oh, that's, that's right. She doesn't have her people, does she? No, no. Uh, maybe one of these days should be big enough where she has people like you do. I, I like that. I mean, it, ma- it makes things just so easy. Let me tell you, Suzanne, go get you some people. You'll be surprised at how much work gets cut out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it is. It's amazing just what it takes to put a video together for um, the Dice Tower segment. So hats off to her. And I know she's under a lot of pressure. So good luck with it, Suzanne. Well, speaking of which, and I dropped this during the Kickstarter, Marty, you and yes. you and I got Escape Room in a Box. Now, when we first got this, I'll, I'll admit, I was like, how is this going to compare to our Escape Room in Dallas? Even though you say I didn't like it, I did like it. How is this going to compare? So we took it to our local game group and they said, sure, it's only an hour out of our lives. What can we lose? And... I don't know, Marty. I mean, I was just like, wow, this, this is, I, it was more than what I expected. I totally agree. Uh, this, this is a prototype thing, so it's not all final materials, but you, you can't, we can't give anything away about it, but you open the box. And when you open it, there's a note in there that gives you some backstory and then you just dive into it. 
it's just like a regular escape room where you're just kind of giving some backstory and then you go. So you got to kind of figure out things. You have to look at things that are in the box and try to figure out what they're there for and solve puzzles. And it really did capture, I mean, it's a great name for it, Escape Room in a Box. It really did feel that way. We had five people playing. It's one of those things where everybody could work on something differently like we did at an Escape Room. So it's not like everybody's focusing on one thing. Everybody has their own job and you can go around the table and say, hey, can you guys help me with this? Because I'm going to stuck with this. That hour flew by and by the end, everybody said they had a really good time with it. I know. And I was like, when I first opened it, I'm like, okay, so how many Sudoku puzzles am I going to get in there? Right? Because that's what that's what was in my mind. How, how could this be? But it was very well put together. And I mean, they're already funded on Kickstarter. It went live on February 3rd and, and it's already funded, guys. So go check it out if you want to. But I will say this. I mean, you're sitting there. It's a one-time play. And that was one of my biggest concerns. And when I talked to Ariel, who's um, heading this project up, she she said, yeah, but if it goes well, then we can probably send you some additional stuff for at, you know, at a different smaller rate and you can use some of the stuff over. Or even if, see, I always go back to host a murder. I did one of those and I think about what was in that box. And basically all it was, was a script. That was it. And, and here we're getting puzzles and all. And, and I'll thought later, I said, well, how could I put this in my home? What could I do? If I were to have this escape room in a box and then bring it here, you as the host, you could essentially go ahead and set it up, take things apart and let people discover them in your home. You could ad lib some more clues if you want. The hard work's done for you, linking all the clues together. But you may do like a clue that says, you know, um, when I was doing my research in the bookshelf and you go put something that's part of the clue of the box in your own bookshelf. And and what was really neat was the cookbook that came with it. It's a small little thing. You can find all this stuff online, but she went ahead and thought, Hey, you're having a party. This, this is something to just for an hour in a party, a great icebreaker. Yeah, I, I agree. And you really did do a lot of due diligence and work up front when they first contacted us because both of us like, I don't know if this is something we want to evaluate for the reasons you said. The Kickstarter is $45 and basically for $45, you get one play. And you did a lot of conversing. I saw some of your emails going back and uh, they answered all of our questions. And like you said, if you back the Kickstarter, they actually provide you the refills for resetting the game. Now, granted, like you said, you can't play it again. But I think a lot of the fun would be, like you said, host a party, bring people over, and then you're the person kind of running the game, giving the hints. So you can get multiple plays out of it. Right. I, I agree with you. So guys, if you have any interest in all, you don't have to go pay $60 a person for this. It's a one-time box. Marty and I did enjoy it, so we thought we would share it with you because you know us. If if eh, we may be silent on it, but it it was it, we had fun with it. The hour flew by. It was we even got stuck on one of the puzzles, which I was kind of skeptical on. I'm like, how are we getting stuck on this? And well, we did, and so yeah, that was kind of sad. But that's beside the point. So go check them out there over at Kickstarter. Now, got some other stuff going on. My gosh, a friend of ours, Marty. He's, he's, he's going to host a con. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, in fact, it's somebody we've had on the show before. It's Mark who came on many months back when he was the one that came on to explain to us how math trades work. 
He is part of our game club, and he has been running quarterly events called MooseCon. And that comes from the name that he holds it at the Moose Lodge at a nearby town uh, that his dad is a member of. So basically, it's on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, he rents it out, and it's a big open space. And 30 to 40, 50 people will, will come and play games all day. So he wanted to expand that to something more. And now he's going to do that. This year is going to do something called Mega Moose Con, which is going to take place in Richburg, South Carolina, which is just south of Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's really only about 40 minutes away from from where we live, Tony, just south of Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be July 23rd and 24th. And he has rented this conference center and it's got tons of square footage. And here's what's cool about this. This con is made for board gamers. His whole goal is to create an atmosphere where it's nothing but open tables and people bring in their games and create a library and there's a lot of room for gaming. He is spending a lot of time working with a lot of publishers and contacting them and see if they want to help support with some prizes and providing demos that we can run for people. Uh, in addition, you know, if, if you're not really into the board game things, he is going to have some rooms off to the side running things like RPGs and miniature games. But the main focus is board games, and he has put a lot of work into this, and I think this may be a, actually a really good event. Especially, I mean, when I first heard that he's holding it two weeks before Gen Con. So really what he's doing is for those in our area that can't make it to the Gen Con, hey, here's your little con. Get down there. It's, it's like you said, 45 minutes away. If you need a place to stay, bring a tent. I think Marty has woods near him. You can pitch a tent and, you know, no, I'm kidding, guys. Um, there's plenty of places uh, down on the south end of Rock Hill. No, actually, he's got, he's got room set up. There's a hotel good. nearby where he has special rates. Well, there you go. And doesn't he have a website already set up? He does. It is megamoosecon.com, and it's spelled exactly the way it sounds. It's And by the way, I just happened to look it up a 12,000-square-foot facility. That's a lot of square footage to take up with some board games. And it's over two days, a Saturday, Sunday, right? It is. As we get closer to the event, we're still you know six months away. We'll talk about it some more. But it's something you may want to put on your calendar. Something else you might want to put on your calendar that's coming up even quicker. Uh, Donald Dennis over from On Board Games is running a con in Pauley's Island, South Carolina, March 11th through the 13th at a library. And it's appropriately called Shush Con. <laughs> Uh, we could have used that at the end of the show <laughs> but uh, this is going to be a convention running at, at a library it's going to be the same sort of thing there's going to be a place for some board games he's got support from the local war machine a big local war machine group to come in and run some tournaments and lots of rpgs donald loves his rpgs so there'll be a lot of that going on there so if you're interested in that that's going to be march 11th through 13th at Polly's island south carolina that's a gorgeous area down there too Man. Yeah, it is. In fact, if you want to go find out more about it, if you go on Facebook and look up ShushCon, S-H-U-S-H space con, you'll see that they, he has a page set up there with some more information about it. Okay. So, wow. Convention season's already kicking off, Marty. It is. It is. But you know what? We have something big kicking off. We do? We do. It is something that we've talked about for quite a while, and it has to do with crowdfunding. And people are like, oh, no, you guys, I cannot believe you're going to be doing this. Well, here's the thing. We have been approached by people over the past year, year and a half saying, look, we would like to support the show in, in some sort of way. Tony and I have never really felt like 
we, we should or needed to, but we're kind of getting to the point to where it would be nice to have some support to cover some of our ongoing costs because as, as we have more episodes, we need more web hosting space, which is like a monthly cost and, and keeping that up and going. We keep trying to upgrade some of our equipment, make sure we have some decent sounding microphones, cables wear out, etc. We've done a little bit more videos, so now we're kind of investing in that too. So it's just kind of help offset some of those costs, but it was also a way for people to be able to say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing and, and we just like to help you in some way. So what we're doing is we're now launching a campaign on podpledge.com. Now, this is a website you may not be familiar with. It's the website where Chaz Marler from Paradise Paradise uh, runs his campaign. And this is a newly typed site. And the reason why we've gone with it is because it merges two ways of support. You know, with Patreon, it's kind of a thing where it's an ongoing thing where every episode or every month uh, you contribute X amount of dollars. And then you have something like Indiegogo or Kickstarter, where it's just a like a month long pledge where you just give a one time pledge. People like to do different things different ways. Pod pledge supports both. So there's a way that you can give like a continual ongoing a dollar, two dollars a month or whatever. Or you can just give a one time uh, contribution. And Tony, when people do stuff like this, you want to give a little something back in return. And I think we've got some pretty cool stuff set up to give back. I, I think we do, Marty. I think we have a half-eaten box of moon pies. Um, mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, we've got a few um, uh, what flat RC colas along with maybe some squirrel pelts. But, uh, you know, other than that, I think we may even have some better stuff. <laughs> well, we do. Uh, one of the things is something that we actually gave out last year at Gen Con. We're going to, uh, the dice that we gave out uh, with our logo on it was very popular. Uh, so that's going to be uh, one of the rewards. Another thing is we're going to be working with the Broken Token, who's going to be providing us with some of their dice towers with our logo on it, uh, which I enjoy and are really cool. The thing that we're most excited about is something else we're also announcing. Brandon from over Analog Analog Gamers, who has a t-shirt shop, has designed a couple t-shirts for us. And Tony, they're gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's our logo on one of them. And it's beautifully backed blue color along with the logo. So it's one of those that, hey, you know, I'm a board gamer. Don't think of it so much as, and I was discussing with Marty this, it's a shirt that shows, hey, I play dice games. I play card games. I got meeples on it and I roll dice and I take some names when I come play board games. So technically, you're showing off our podcast, but guess what? You're also showing you're a board gamer. So that's out there. And then one that we are so proud of. Uh, yes, this is one that we worked with Brandon a lot in order to get designed. <laughs> you need to go see it for yourself, but it is a squirrel t-shirt. Uh, it, it's so well designed. It's basically a, a squirrel who's been stuffing his face, sitting on the crest of a moon with some moon pies bit, sitting beside of him and emblazoned across the top of that moon. It just says, squirrel he's so cute <laughs> he is cute he's our little mascot now <laughs> he captures our attitude so well so really excited about that that's definitely one of my favorites so here's the great thing if you're interested and in, you know helping support the show or whatever way that's one of the pledge levels is you can is get the t-shirt but you know what if you don't want to and that is totally cool uh, what you can do is we'll set up a link on our webpage, and we'll be promoting this a lot from now on he set up a store for us on his website that you can go out and buy uh, the shirt 
Park. Now, you may be familiar uh, with what he's done in the past. Uh, he's the one that designed and provides the shirts for Flip the Table and also some Dice Tower shirts. So he's very familiar with the gaming community. He's a gamer himself. He's done a fantastic job. So you know it's a trustworthy place. And again, we'll also have a link to that on the blog post for this episode. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm taking notes over here. I'm okay. A link to all this on the blog post notes. Okay. I got it. I'm good. So, wow. That's a lot, Marty. And, and I'm going to reiterate one thing for us. Yeah. Three years, it, you know, Marty and I kicked this idea back and forth constantly going back and saying, do we really want to do this? Well, you're talking about the crowdfunding. Yeah. The crowdfunding. Okay. Yeah. I'm not the t-shirt. I'm back on the crowdfunding. I'm sorry, I circled back on you. But um, from the standpoint is just, guys, that's purely up to you, Marty and I. We, we really, we agonized over this. He may have lost sleep over it. I don't lose sleep over anything. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, please let us know your thoughts or anything like that. And once again, we really do appreciate just any of the support you give us, either over at the Guild, the BGG Guild, or in a Facebook post or anything like that. We, we really thank you for your support in the many ways through filling out the survey. So once again, guys, we, we love our Guild. We love the members who um, support us in all facets. So however you feel, we're, we're there. We're, we're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Whether you support us, like you said, with giving us a positive review on iTunes, just liking us on Facebook uh, in the Guild, come and talk to us in the Guild, talking to us on Twitter. If you want to throw a couple dollars on the on the pledge thing, you want to buy a T-shirt, it doesn't matter. We're just glad that you're here. We're glad that uh, you stick around and have for, for three years and and hopefully we'll be around for a, a few more if you'll, if you'll keep listening to us. Yeah. And, um, matter of fact, I did something over on our guild and Marty sent me a note and said, what the heck were you thinking? Yeah. I said, Hey, we're recording tonight. Anything y'all want to, um, make sure you won't say somebody stinks. We'll put it out there for you. But one thing is, um, at the time of this recording, we got word that Z Garcia over at the dice tower had been sick. And Marty, I don't know if you've heard anything today. I have not heard anything recently. The last I had heard, he had pneumonia mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the week. And the last I heard, the pneumonia is gone. But uh, as of like a day or two days ago, he was still in the hospital just kind of make sure that everything is okay, uh, you know, was okay with his breathing and everything. So it sounds like he's on the, the better side of, of, um, of how he's been doing. So just, you know, thoughts and prayers out to him. And uh, so, you know, just remember him. Uh, if you hadn't seen him uh, around lately, I know the Dice Tower videos have been uh, down a little bit this week because they've been concerned about him and visiting with him. So glad to hear that he's getting better and hopefully he'll be back on soon. Yeah, and I'm going to pop a few more of these off, Marty. Matt, if it was Stronghold was rethemed as Star Wars, it would be in my collection immediately that little eight out of walkers going across that kind of thing. That'd be so cool. I'm all there for you. Or even in an ancient Greek battle of Troy there, Vera, I would be all over that. Wouldn't you, Marty? Speaking of which, the street date for Stronghold 2nd Edition was today, so it should be available at your local store or online. Yeah, I saw it for sale at the various sites. They had taken down that pre-order stuff. So, yeah, go out there. Shout out to our wives. We do that nightly. I'm not going to go any farther there. Marty, that's up to you, man. Do what? Shout out to our wives. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. If they listen, <laughs> shout out to y'all. Thanks for y'all's support. <laughs> and you know what? 
I'm a Gatorade kind of drinker. I'm not about this Powerade stuff. That's a Coke product, but for some odd reason, I go with, I'm a purist. I got to drink my Gatorade. I always found Powerade to be kind of sweet for me, so I don't care what kind of flavor, Mystic Mountain Blueberry or or whatever. That's just not me. Gatorade light for me. In fact, every time I went to a softball game, I was uh, pretty much very superstitious. I had to drink the same type of Gatorade, same flavor every time, or I was going to have a bad game. I understand that, and I'm a tropical punch, fruity punch kind of guy. I can't, the light green just didn't work for me. Oh, no. The oh, the green or the orange was not my thing either. All right. Well, guys, you may see this again for me, and by all means, keep taking part in our weekly polls over at the Guild. But until then, do me a favor and keep rolling dice. And taking names. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook. Marty, squirrely episode, got great reviews, but we did have one complaint. What's that? Jenna over at the BGG Guild said, we don't say squirrels correctly. Well, how does she say it? Take a listen. Hi guys, I would say squirrel. So your segment would be flying squirrels and your awards, the squirrelies. Love the show. Bye. That does sound a lot better than the way we do it. It sounds proper. Marty, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes when you're over at Fun Again and you're clicking on an order, they may not have that game in stock, but you might get lucky and find in a drop-down a ding and dent at a much reduced cost. Did you know they offer ding and dents outside their normal webpage? I did not. That's pretty cool. How do you find that again? All you got to do is when you're going out looking for a particular game, if it happens to be out of stock, they will list in that and said, hey, you know, we're out of stock here, but there might be a ding and dent. And sure enough, you click on that quantity, it'll drop down, it'll say ding and dent, and you can order that one. Now, they guarantee what's inside. The box may be a little damaged, but then again, what's inside should be good to go. So if you ever need a game that they're out of stock and they might be sure to check out for the ding and dent selection at funagain.com check 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 one two boopy dee boop 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 oh that's just awesome check check that will be used as the outtake (laughs) you're singing the same thing